The information and opinions presented in this ARC Energy Ideas podcast are provided for informational purposes only and are subject to the disclaimer link in the show notes. This is the ARC Energy Ideas podcast with Peter Tertzakian and Jackie Forrest, exploring trends that influence the energy business. Welcome to the ARC Energy Ideas podcast. I'm Jackie Forrest. And I'm Peter Tertzakian. Welcome. Well, Jackie, I woke up on Sunday morning and uh, as I usually do, I sort of peruse the news and what's going on as I come out of uh, my breakfasts and coffee and there was the news of the Husky Synovus. Yeah, merger. they decided to do a early Sunday morning yeah. uh, news announcement. And boy, did I get a lot of Twitter notifications and things like that. Yeah, so no I'm kidding. like, what's going on? So what um, is going on? Well, you know, this consolidation theme has been gaining momentum, right? So let's go through some of them. People maybe forget what we had news like Whitecap acquired now, CNRL acquired Painted Pony, ConocoPhillips acquired Celt Exploration. So we've seen more and more of these deals, but this one is huge yeah, this real is relative big, to yeah. those, right? So yeah. uh, we've also seen this trend in the U.S., right? There's been a number of independent operators in the U.S. consolidate even in the, yeah. in the last two, three weeks. Not so much of this in the oil field service industry, though. We, we saw Schlumberger sell their frack operations to another oil field service company in the U.S., but we really haven't seen it on the oil field services side. But on the EMP side, definitely a growing momentum. And, and I don't think uh, it's over yet. We'll explain maybe some of the reasons for it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my theory that probably the wave's just getting going, really. There's more I think so, to too. I think so, too. The whole, I'll call it the Western or the independent oil companies, are starting to really consolidate. And this is not going to be the last big deal that we're going to see. Yeah, so let's talk about our fiscal pulse. It's something we haven't yeah. talked about in a while. And we'll put a link on the podcast notes to the diagram that we're going to be talking about. Uh, but this is something that the ARC Energy Research Institute has been doing for some time. But it looks at like the, the cycle of production through to cash in yeah. the oil field industry. It's basically a follow the money. You know, we add up all of the production, oil, gas, and all the different hydrocarbon products, all the volume that's produced, which is uh, you know quite a staggering amount. It's like 7.4 million barrels of oil equivalent per day. You multiply it by the different product prices, and we get the total amount of revenue that flows through the offices in downtown Calgary dominantly. And even this year, this year in really is a uh, depressed year to say the least because of the COVID pandemic is this year will be $75 billion, $75.2 billion estimate in 2020, which yeah. is down. It was $120 billion in 2019. Okay, 120. Yeah. yeah, so big chunk that's come out of the cycle. So yeah. $75 billion, huge number. But really, we're talking about you know, almost well, $45 billion that is missing yeah. from the cycle relative to last year. And obviously, yeah. that's translated into less jobs, less spending in the industry. Well, when you have uh, basically a 35 Eight $40 average oil price of the year. And obviously, we had a zero oil price for I don't know, a few days there. That'll knock down the revenues of the industry. Well, and that revenue of the industry is the total amount of money that flows. And then you follow where all that money goes. Some of it goes to operating expenditures, about $40 billion of that. That's basically to keep the pump trucks going and all the operations and all the costs that go to keep the oil and the gas flowing. And, and that's that, a huge number, like a huge $40 number. billion. Uh, dollars. And a lot of that gets, you know, people really focus on the capital spending. Yeah. And I don't think enough focus goes on how much is spent just delivering it's each barrel huge. that we produce. Yeah, $40 billion. So a big chunk of the revenue this year just goes to paying the costs for bringing those barrels to yeah. market. And that goes to a lot of the rural communities in terms of the workers that tend to the oil and gas fields. 
Yeah. Now, over the last several years, there has been some ability to to whittle that down, especially on the oil sand side. So we are using data from StatsCan that is showing the operating costs on average in the oil sands have come down about a third from what they were back in 2014. But, you know, I think even today, there's a lot of pressure to figure out, well, how can you even get more of that money out? Because uh, that's an opportunity, really. If you can save money on operating, that's money that could flow around the cycle back to cash flow and other things that you could do with that money. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is the thing about downturns in the oil and gas business. It takes, unfortunately, a lot of prisoners. In other words, companies, some go bankrupt, some disappear. Others, though, will work hard to figure out how to operate under the lower commodity price environment. So when you have the average price go from 50 or the mid-50s down into the 38 to $40 range, all of a sudden, there's a lot of ingenuity that comes in and people scratch their heads and say, okay, how do I figure out how to cut the costs of a barrel? And necessarily, one way to cut the costs of a barrel is through scale or economies of scale, as we say in the uh, in the jargon. Or synergies. Or synergies. <laughs> there's another piece of jargon for you. But basically, um, the bigger you are, the more you can distribute your fixed costs and other types of costs to the barrel. And so you can, bringing down those costs is really, really meaningful. Scale does matter. And this is why we're seeing consolidation. Yeah. And another use of the revenue is to pay GNA. So that is general and administrative expenses. And a lot of that's, you know, folks in downtown Calgary and sure, office costs and things and, like that. And salaries and all the sort of the basic costs yeah, of operating. Well, and our model is that that industry-wide is $6 billion that gets spent mm-hmm. on that. So that's another area that's a big focus when it comes to consolidation, right? Can you reduce some of those costs? That's right. That's right. And so you take out all the costs, you know, the interest payments, and then, of course, there's royalties and taxes. There's not a lot of taxes being paid right now because there's not a lot of profitability in the business. In, well, I was going to say the high 30s, but certainly even in the low 40s, Basically, there's not a lot of profitability on average for the business, and therefore the income taxes are pretty small. So what flows through to the cash flow this year is expected to be about 21 billion. So out of the 75 billion, about 21 of it will actually flow as cash that after all expenses are paid is ready to be reinvested back into things like more drilling, for example, or that cash can be used to pay dividends and things like that, depending on what the shareholders would like. And that's definitely a new theme, right? In Mm -hmm. in history, that cash flow, we've actually brought in even more capital to augment it. And CapEx has actually generally been higher than the cash flow that the companies were generating as investors and and maybe even debt markets came in and they could access that capital. But that's been cut off. I mean, when you look at equity raises this year in Canada, it's been virtually nothing. So you have to live within your cash flow. No, we know whether it's Canada, the United States, or anywhere really in that free market world of oil and gas, there just isn't a lot of investor interest. There hasn't been. And we've talked about that at length in previous podcasts. The reasons are, well, first of all, the industry's not making any money. Two, it's there's a belief of the end of oil. Three, it's just the environmental stigma and so on is really driving up the cost of capital, which means that there really is no appetite to invest much in oil and gas companies. So therefore, the companies have to figure out how to live within the cash flow that they generate. And that's what's happening. And so we're in the early stages yet again of adjusting to a new reality in the business. And this is, again, we're sort of repeated, why we're seeing the consolidation is that the bigger a company you are, 
the more scale you have, the more you can squeeze costs out of your system to be able to operate under a lower commodity price environment. And it's really, you know, that's the new source of capital because Mm -hmm. no money's coming into the cycle. Then the only way you can generate more money to either put into capital expenditures or give back to your shareholders is to squeeze more out of your business, right? So you can do things like reduce your operating costs or reduce your GNA. And, you know, I was looking at the press release on Sunday morning from Sonovas and Husky, and they talked about synergies that could generate $1.2 billion over the first year that are independent of commodity prices. So even in the context of Canada, forget about one company, if you look at this cycle, $1.2 billion is a material number. It's you're taking that out of the expenses and you're going to put that into the cash flow. And then you're going to have the ability to do something like pay your investors, pay down your debt, or maybe put more money into yeah. a capital expenditures. I, I have a feeling it's going to go mostly to debt and and to shareholders, but um, it will create a new source of cash flow yeah. or capital, a new yeah. source of capital for you. Yeah. And I think it's legitimate to ask, well, why hasn't this happened before? Why was there no consolidation before? Well, as, as the converse to what I said earlier, there was really no impetus to do so because when commodity prices are high and you have investors willing to put money in on top of the cash flow, then all the independents can compete to grow. But when the focus is off growing production and the focus is on trying to figure out how to grow profitability, then all of a sudden it's a different game. And this is one of the big reasons, again, why we're seeing the consolidation. Yeah, it's funny how when you have to do something, that can be a real driver of innovation, right? Like when we had $100 oil way back when, uh, there wasn't a lot of motivation. And now that the bar has been set even lower, we we lived around the low 50s for quite Mm -hmm. a few years. Now that it's been set closer to the low 40s, it's creating another level of cost-cutting innovation. Now, of course, one of the, the bad parts about that is a lot of those synergies and reduce costs mean that less people may be working in yeah. those companies than before. Yeah, and this is the uh, this is the uncomfortable part is that you know cost cutting through consolidation, whatever the industry, what it doesn't not just oil and gas necessarily means that there's duplication of job functions and therefore there are layoffs. So I'm not going to be surprised to hear that there are going to be layoffs as a consequence of this. Though I would add that. There already have been a lot of layoffs, even by companies like Husky that have, I don't think it was that long ago that they already announced yeah. layoffs. Well, over since 2014, yeah. right? There's been in various companies yeah. in Calgary, different layoff announcements. So over we can the last only hope years. that, you know, the bulk of the layoffs have already happened and whatever may happen as a consequence of the consolidation may not be as severe as one would expect. But we shall see. I'm certainly not privy to a lot of the internal information or any of the internal information that uh, are in these companies to know what they're planning. Yeah, it it is difficult. But at the same time, in order to attract capital, in order for these companies to attract capital back into the industry, they have to become lower cost at these commodity prices. And and so it it saves some of the jobs. Well, um, it does. You know, yeah. so it, you lose some jobs, but then it enables us to save jobs associated with the vast majority of people that yeah. work at and these actually, companies. And actually, I mean, what... What actually happens through consolidation phases is that the industry as a whole, and again, this is not just oil and gas, but the industry as a whole becomes that proverbial leaner and meaner. And when you become leaner and meaner, it means that you are now even stronger to be able to withstand further adversity, economic adversity. The converse, though, is is more interesting, is that uh, when commodity prices actually start to rise, then you have an industry that actually can do very well because it has gone through this cost-cutting phase, the consolidation phase, and actually um, sets you up quite nicely for 
potential commodity price appreciation, which is a separate subject uh, of another podcast. Right. You're able to, at the same price, mm -hmm. generate much more cash flow and you know pay down your right. debt or give that back to your shareholders. So yeah. it makes the industry in the long term healthier and more robust and resilient. Right. I mean, it's the, I call it a very Darwinian effect. In other words, survival of the fittest. And it really creates a stronger industry in the long run. Mm -hmm. And being that the prices are where they're at and with the talk of even more supply potentially coming online from places like Libya or if we get more supply on from Iran potentially, you know, prices may stay at this lower level for a while. And so that's why I expect we'll probably see more news like this because companies will be sitting there thinking, well, what do we do to generate more cash flow? And this is really one of one of the big options available. Yeah. yeah. I should also add that there's another impetus to do this and that the impetus comes from the investors in these companies as well. I mean, the investors are probably pressuring the companies to consolidate and merge so that there is a more greater profitability too. So I think whether it's in Canada or the United States, or as I said, the, the broader Western independent oil company world, you're going to see more consolidation coming. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, one of these days we're going to hear of some of these super majors coming together. Okay, we'll wait for that announcement and talk about it on the podcast. Okay. All right, well, thanks for joining our podcast. If you like this podcast, please rate us on the app that you listen to and tell someone else about us. For more ideas and insights, visit arcenergyinstitute.com.